thing. Sorry, just a minute here. This is Jody Meyer, chair of the Lawrence Historic Resources Commission. And I want to go ahead and call to order the Thursday, October 20th, 2022 meeting. Um, at this time, I'm going to hand it over to Lynn and Avery to give our preliminary information. Thank you, Chair Meyer. Good evening and welcome to the October 20th Historic Resources Commission meeting. My name is Avery Kerner and I'll be helping to facilitate the Zoom portion of tonight's hybrid meeting. <laughs> before, we be before we begin, I have just a few items to mention. Tonight's meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel, Cable Channel 25. For those joining the meeting via Zoom, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not actively speaking to help min minimize distractions. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please also turn your video off. For those who are actively participating in the meeting, please keep your video on. We also ask that everyone state their name each time they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. All right, this is Jody Meyer, chair again. Um, we will start uh, with the first item on our agenda this evening, which is communications. Have we received communications from other commissions, State Historic Preservation Officer, or the general public? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. You have no communications this evening. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, is there a disclosure of ex parte communications this evening by any commissioners? Looks like there is not. There's not. Wondering, do we have to take a roll call? Oh, yes, that would be a good idea. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Irby. <laughs> uh, I got distracted for a minute by Mr. Commissioner Rizel's dog in the background, which is very cute, and I, I can keep my eyes off them. So let's, yes, let's do a roll call. Um, Commissioner Irby? Aye. Commissioner Johnson? No, Commissioner Johnson. Uh, Commissioner Myers and I, Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Coleman. Commissioner Coleman here. And Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Okay, great. We're all here except Commissioner Johnson this evening. And Commissioner Klein is here. Oh, sorry, Commissioner Klein. How did I okay. leave you off my list? I apologize about That's that. That's all right. You're fine. Um, all right. Uh, do we have any disclosure of ex parte communications this evening? I think the answer to that was a no. I don't see anyone disclosing that. Uh, is there a declaration of abstentions for specific agenda items by commissioners this evening? I don't see any of that either. Um, then do we have any committee reports? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We do have a committee report this evening. The Architectural Review Committee met with the property owner for Black Stag to review the awning canopy. It was a very good meeting. Some design suggestions were made and he is going back to work with the design professional to bring forward, hopefully, um, project that will meet the standards. This is Chair Meyer. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, the next item on the agenda is the Land Development Code update. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We're lucky to have the Planning Director here this evening to give us an update on the new Land Development Code. Thanks, Lynn. Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. It's great to be with you all and, and great to see some familiar faces on the Zoom call this evening. It's been a, it was just mentioning, it's been, I think, before COVID, I had a chance to kind of join you all and um, a lot of new faces and, and some familiar ones. So it's great to see you all. And really the update tonight is it almost introduced the project kind of in its whole. I'm sure Lynn has mentioned this on a couple of occasions and you probably heard about it through different news sources and things, but the city of Lawrence has actually started a process of updating chapter 20, which is the city's land development code. And it covers all the things from zoning and uses and heights and setbacks and floodplain and a good just gathering of things in there. 
But the intent behind the code update is to really is to establish a simpler and more consistent set of development procedures to make it more consistent, to try to make it more user friendly. Because if anybody's actually read chapter 20, which I suspect not too many people have here, if you have, it is 550 plus pages long. It is very dense and it was written for a very small audience, I will say, is the best way to put it. Um, so this is a chance to make it approachable, understandable, and make it help out a lot. One of the things that we wanted to do with that code, since we heard a lot of comments in the downtown Lawrence plan about how there is conflicts and there's different issues that come up with those, is to find a way to make Chapter 20 and Chapter 22 work better. And I think we all know that you hear a lot of stuff about, um, you know, there's, it's, it's okay in one code and it's not in the other code. Or there are certain things that may be available in one but not the other. So what we wanted to do is take that kind of once in a lifetime opportunity to find a way to resync these codes together, bring them back together in whole. Because if you look at chapter 20 in the development code, it talks a lot about things that I think you would all recognize at HRC as being very important, but it's not connected to 22. There is no bridge, there is no linkage. The one section that it does talk about adaptive reuse doesn't really connect back to 22 cleanly. And so as part of that process, the city commission formed a steering committee. They staffed it with a lot of different individuals from a lot of different representation in the community. And quite truthfully, that process is just getting started. The consultants we have on board are for Clarion. They're out of Denver. They have backgrounds in both legal code writing, so what we do in chapter 20, but they also have backgrounds in historic preservation codes, specialty codes like flood and preservation items, excuse me, flood and um, climate change items and those kind of preservation aspects. And so it's really a chance to look at all the community values and goals and try to make our code reflect what we want as a community. So this is the starting off point. It is just in the very beginning phase of the kickoff meeting for the steering committee was um, about mid-August, if my memory serves me well, which probably it's not doing me very good justice this evening. But uh, it's very early phases and we're going around and talking to a lot of boards and commissions and groups in the community to kind of, you know, be engaged, be a part of the process, and let's find ways to make sure that this is the update that works best for everybody. So it's a very high level introduction. There's a lot more to come, but I'd be happy to answer any questions you have, or if you'd like more information on that, I can make sure that we get it to the HRC this evening. So um, thank you for taking, let me have some time on the agenda and, and let me take a bit of the bit of your time this evening, but happy to answer any questions you have. This is Chair Meyer again. Thank you uh, for that. <laughs> Little presentation. Um, is was there any public comment, Lynn, on that? Lynn Braddock-Zolner, Historic Resources Administrator. Typically, you don't take public comment on your communications, um, but if you would like to take public comment on this, that is something that you can open up and do. This is Chair Meyer, Lynn. I would like to, if there's any public comment on there. I don't know that there is, but. We do have one person to speak in the commission room. Uh, uh, Madam Chair and, uh, and the other uh, members of the commission, my name is Mike Delaney. I'm the new president of the Lawrence Preservation Alliance. Um, when we uh, had a couple of our representatives attend um, a, a meeting that the um, Chapter 20 Steering Committee hosted uh, to talk with uh, various folks from the community. Um, it, the uh, comments were made about the need to harmonize the historic preservation and the um, and the land use codes. Uh, and the suggestion was made that it, it, it might be possible that the two would be uh, amalgamated in some way, consolidated in some way. Um, that prompted a concern on our part and resulted in our writing a letter, I think, we sent one, I know, to the, uh, to the chair of the HRC and to a number of other folks at the, at the city, um, seeking to make sure that the HRC is actively involved in that process. Uh, if there's going to be, if there are going to be significant uh, changes or significant accommodations in the in the HR uh, in the current historic. Uh, code or the revision that we'll hear about a little later on tonight, in order to to make it work better with the um, uh, with the land use code, um, our, our organization feels like it's it's uh, extraordinarily important that the HRC 
be active in those discussions and actively uh, represent the interests that you all are charged with uh, as far as the city is concerned. Uh, if anybody has not seen a copy of that letter and would like to, I'd be happy to share one. I, I believe we may have posted it on the LPA's website. Thank you. Mr. Chair Meyer, thank you, Mr. Delaney. Any other public comment about that? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I don't see any other public comment for this item. Okay, all right, thank you. I don't know, I, this is, I don't know that this is something that the commissioners discussed either. I don't know if the commissioners had anything to uh, ask questions regarding uh, that little presentation or not. Uh, Madam Chair, if I may, just I want to add one thing because Mr. Delaney reminded me of something I've left out is part of the steering committee's kind of looking at is finding ways to efficiencies and those kind of things. So, you know, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, do these two codes get combined? And, you know, at this point, we don't have an answer to that because we don't know what the community would like. So I think that's something the steering committee is is open to hearing more about and, and willing to learn more about, but it's it's not something that's been settled or or uh, locked in stone at this point. It's just part of that community conversation that we're looking forward to having in the coming months. Chair Meyer again, thank you very much. Any other comments at this time? I don't think I see, oh yes, Commissioner Klein, go ahead. Yeah, Commissioner Klein, I just have a question again. Um, I'm wondering if, if it in the future, if that would mean that we would have a separate meet if the HRC would have a separate meeting to talk about um, like a draft that would combine uh, both chapters 20 and 22 or if we would have a meeting to talk about it um, not combining it um, and why and wherefore and so forth and so on. I'm, I just wasn't sure what the next step would be um, uh, given uh, LPA's input. Directed to, uh, Commissioner, I, I think that's probably one of those questions that we're working on right now with the steering committees to find out what the community wants to have. So I don't, I don't have a good answer for you on that front, but I would expect that no matter what happens, we would want the HRC's input because if, even if it's combined or not combined, there is a very necessary and, and strong linkage that should exist between these two codes to make sure that they work in tandem and in harmony with each other. So I would expect that it, at any rate, no matter what that decision is, that we'd be here and, and have the consultants work and talk with you too as part of that process to make sure that it, it links up because quite truthfully, you don't want to write a code that doesn't serve very well. And we want to make sure that the code we get is the best one we can have for the community. Let's try again. All right, thank you very much again. Moving on then, um, we will come across our consent agenda for this evening, um, specifically administrative approvals. Uh, there are a number of design review applications that have been administratively reviewed and approved by staff. So is there, is there, is there any public comment on that? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I do not see any public comment on this item. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. Is there commissioner discussion about those items? Mr. Klein, I thought I saw your hand up about something. Go ahead. Well, if there, uh, Commissioner Klein, if there's no um, discussion, I would move approval of uh, the, uh, all of the um, applications on the consent agenda. All right, this is Chair Meyer. I hear you making a motion to confirm the attached design review applications according to the standards and information listed in the staff report for each application. Commissioner Irby, I second that motion. All right, there's been a motion and a second. We'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Commissioner Irby, aye. Uh, Commissioner Ezell? Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Coleman? Commissioner Coleman, aye. Commissioner Hawley? Commissioner Hawley, aye. And Commissioner Myers, an aye. So that motion carries six to zero. Uh, we will then we move on to the next item on the agenda, which is our, our general public comment. Is there any general public comment this evening? 
This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. There is no one uh, wishing to provide general public comment. Mr. Chair Meyer, thank you. Um, we will then move on to our public hearing items. Uh, the first public hearing item this evening is regarding a rotary digester historic marker. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator, bear with me while I do or ask for a little help with Yeah, hold on. Oh, are you doing it for me, Kurt? Yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Wizard of Oz. Okay. So this is for the rotary digester marker. If you recall, um, the Historic Resources Commission has a subcommittee for historic markers in the city. And this is the first marker request that the committee has looked at. It is for the rotary digester. And this is the location. You'll see the little circle here in red. This is the riverfront parking garage and Rhode Island Street. Seventh Street is down here. 6th Street is up here, so it's in this little center parking lot um, and right there in the corner of it. This is a photograph of what it looks like. If you've never been lucky enough to go down there and look, you really should. It's a very interesting structure. Just a little bit of close-up. And this is the proposed um, verbiage for the marker. The marker committee met um, several times and worked through what type of marker would be and what was the language that would be on the marker. Um, Steve Novak with um, Watkins Community Museum was instrumental in writing the verbiage for the plaque and doing the design for the plaque. And this is what it would look like on this type of pedestal. So it's called the National Park Service style pedestal, which has um, for this one, it would be a single post um, with the pedestal with the marker here. So staff is asking that you approve the proposed marker for the rotary digester and forward a recommendation to the city commission for approval of the marker. And that's the way um, the marker subcommittee is set up that they would make a recommendation to the historic resources commission who would approve or deny and make a recommendation to the city commission. And with that, I'll be happy to stand for any questions you may have. This is Chair Meyer again. Is there any public comment on this item? Do either um, This is Avery Kerner planning staff. There's no public comment on this item. This is Chair Meyer. Then we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion or a motion. Uh, Commissioner Irby, as a of the historic markers uh, committee, I just wanted to to say that the that subcommittee had a, a really good discussion about the language on the marker, um, and Steve did a did a, a really good job, and then also was very receptive to comments about making sure the language was inclusive and highlighted um, the people who were involved um, in this story, um, and so I think uh, as a member of that committee, I feel good about what is being presented. Mr. Chair Meyer again. Well, <clears throat> I'm in favor of the marker. I don't know that I particularly need to or offer any discussion about it. I think it's been thoroughly uh, considered before being presented this evening. Commissioner Irby, I would go ahead and make a motion then to approve. Okay, there's been a motion to approve the proposed marker and forward a recommendation of the City Commission for approval. Is there a second? Commissioner Zell, I second. All right, there's been a motion and a second. We'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Commissioner Irby, aye. Commissioner Ezell? Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Coleman? Commissioner oh. Coleman, aye. Commissioner Hawley? Commissioner Holly. 
Aye. And Commissioner Myers and I, so that motion carries six to zero as well. Commissioner Meyer, just I was remiss in not um, acknowledging and bringing to your attention that Tom Harper is the person that brought this forward to the marker committee. Um, he noticed that the marker that was originally there had been vandalized and removed and felt that it was important that a marker be with the rotary digester. He actually brought that to the marker subcommittee and has also offered to pay for the marker. So he should really be recognized for his um, help moving this along. This is Chair Meyer. Uh, yes, kudos to Mr. Harper for doing that. And we certainly appreciate both his attention and his generosity in doing so. So thank you, Mr. Harper. Um, we will move on then uh, to the next public hearing item on our agenda tonight, which is uh, receiving the chapter 22 revisions. So this is what's hopefully the beginning of a very robust public engagement process. I know many of you have been waiting on revisions to chapter 22 since the first time you were on this commission several many years ago. This process actually started back in 2014 um, when staff re realized that the Historic Resources Commission code should be reviewed every five years and it had not been reviewed since 1988 when it was first adopted. So at that time, staff recommended to the Historic Resources Commission that we look at the code and see if there were any revisions that needed to take place. As part of that review, it became clear that there were significant changes that needed to take place to bring the code up to a more um, where preservation stands in the city of Lawrence now and how things should work or be better to work better, sorry, and um, using the chapter 22 as a conservation of historic resources code. So before you are in your packet, you had um, the draft revised code and then the original code that's been adopted. There are some, the big significant changes include um, the environs definition has, environs has gone away and it would be called a context area um, with a more limited review scope to review would only be for changes viewed from the public right of way instead of everything within 250 feet. It allows more um, projects to be reviewed administratively by the Historic Resources Administrator. And then I went through and um, did an article by article that was in your cover sheet for the item of changes. Um, it moved all of the definitions to the end of the code. The current code has all the definitions and it's very lengthy to get through to try to get to the meat of the code. So those were all moved to the end of the code. Um, it kind of, um, right now we have, as part of our practice, always had two architects on the Historic Resources Commission. That was not in the code. And so the proposed change would be to have two architects on the Historic Resources Commission. It also added a couple of other professions that the at-large members could be. Um, Article 4 added a pre-application meeting and also changed the design, um, the designation criteria from nine criteria to five criteria. That may seem like it's going down, but it's actually combining some of those criteria that were separated out and being more in line with the National Register of Historic Places criteria. Um, another big change, um, this is more of a national movement and so we're trying to stay up to pace and maybe be on the forefront of this, is changing the Certificate of Appropriateness Review to a Certificate of Approval Review. Appropriateness is um, sometimes seen as a subjective word and perhaps not the best language to use with um, what the Commission actually does, which would be a Certificate of Approval. And I already mentioned the environs has changed to a context area. 
Um, this section, there's also a change to allow for conditional approvals. I know that's something that we've struggled with in the past. It just had to be a yay or a nay vote, and it couldn't be with um, conditions and approval with conditions, and that made it challenging sometimes. The applicant had to go back and make changes and then wait a month and come back to the full Historic Resources Commission for review. This would allow the commission to approve a project with conditions that the applicant could then meet before their project was released. Um, in Article Six, we added the evaluation for um, the demo for the demolition to be done by a licensed contractor. Um, right now, there is no requirement for anyone to review that. And so um, the city of Lawrence does license contractors. And so it made sense for that evaluation to be done by a licensed contractor. Um, Article 7 changed the burden of proof language that was done by our city attorney. So I won't take credit for any of that. Um, Article 9, I mentioned earlier that added administrative approvals, which is very helpful to keep projects moving and has a greater depth of projects that can be reviewed administratively so applicants don't have to wait to the full commission monthly meeting um, they can move through the process um, more quickly for simple projects um, article 10 is something that we may want to discuss at some point as we go through this review process there was a um, an award program, a historic award program that, to my knowledge, was never um, started or taken place. It might have in the very first years of the code, but not since I've been here, and that's been a little while. Um, so just removing that, award programs are typically something that a local nonprofit would do, like Lawrence Preservation Alliance, and not something that the Historic Resources Commission would do. Um, Article 11 replaced the fees. There are no more fees to be associated that are actually in the code. By taking those fees out of the code, that allows for the city to adjust those fees as needed without making changes to the code. Um, Article 11 now becomes emergency procedures. Um, some of you may remember in the past, we've had um, one in particular was a garage that had a sinkhole open underneath it and the structure was in um, imminent danger of collapsing, but there was no emergency procedure for the Historic Resources Commission um, to have an emergency COA so that the building could be demolished. What ended up happening in that situation is the city manager had to write a letter and make a statement that there was imminent danger um, and not the availability to wait for a month to get the Historic Resources Commission approval. So this would allow some emergency procedures. It's not going to happen that often. It's fairly rare, I think, when something like that would happen. But just having emergency procedures in there in case something does happen where there's imminent danger and um, demolition needs to take place. Article 12 is something I'm really excited about, and this is minimum maintenance standards. I know we've talked about that a lot in the past, um, having minimum maintenance standards so that um, properties don't get in such bad condition that they have to be demolished. And so I think this is a good addition to the code. Article 13 changed the civil action language. There again, that was done by our city attorney, so I take no credit for that change. And then Article 14 is the definitions that I mentioned earlier moving to the end of the chapter. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we're, our hope is that this will have a very robust public engagement process, and this evening just starts that process by bringing you the draft, giving you kind of an overview of the changes that staff is proposing and getting you to look at what we're proposing for that public participation. Um, this was published in um, our newspaper publication that we would discuss the chapter 22 revisions this evening. 
staff would propose a study session for the HRC in November that can be done at a separate date or before or after the public hearing in November. Um, public meetings and interest groups meeting would also take place in November. Uh, at some point, we would like to do meetings with people who have um, individual interest in the code, like Lawrence Preservation Alliance, uh, Lawrence Area Neighborhoods, um, architects who come through the process, get their feedback on what works, what doesn't work, what they would like to see. So we're hoping to get all of that input in December. Um, before December so that you could look at the document and the changes and hopefully um, make a recommendation to the City Commission for approval or approval with conditions or uh, and then the City Commission would have a study session in January and hopefully consider um, the chapter at a public meeting in February with input taken from the city commission and the ordinance being drafted in March of 23, and then hopefully in April of 23, um, have city commission adoption. So what I'm looking for this evening is just, if you have any general questions, we don't have to get into specifics this early, that would be something that we would do at a study session, um, but to see if we're on the right track, you think, and if this public engagement plan that's outlined in your packet materials seems reasonable have we are we meeting with the people we need to meet is there something else we need to discuss so staff is looking for direction on that and with that i'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have mr chairmeyer again thank you lynn is there any public comment on this item this is avery kerner planning staff yes we do have some uh public comment on this Uh, this is Mike Delaney again uh, from the LPA. Um, I, I, I've spent some time over the last, uh, since the uh, agenda went up and uh, have reviewed the, the changes. Um, this seems like a uh, particularly exciting sort of uh, review of this. What would be particularly helpful for um, groups like ours, and I suspect others in the community, is that as, as uh, the HRC works with staff um, to uh, sort of prepare um, a, a list or uh, identify some of the perceived shortcomings with the existing code, with the former code, and how the changes that have been uh, written here, uh, proposed to deal with that. I, uh, it's a little bit like I'm a, in my other life, I was a lawyer about looking at the comments to, uh, a new statute as to, as to what the purpose for this was or what problem it was intended to address. Um, taken as a whole, I, there's lots here to like, I think, but, it, but it would be useful to see, if there are, are problems that staff has confronted on a regular basis, um, that specific provisions in these new uh, in, in this new code are intended to address. So, thank you very much. Do you want to provide comment? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I think that that's all the public comment that we have on this item. Mr. Chairmeyer. Okay, thank you. We'll bring it back to the commission for discussion. I'll be honest, I have not had time to review all this for this evening. I've had some uh, had a death in my family in the last few weeks, and so I have not had time to carefully uh, look at that. I'd be very interested in a study session myself. Commissioner Irby, yes, I think a study session is a good idea. Commissioner Klein, go ahead. Uh, yes, Commissioner Klein, um, I agree with uh, Mike Delaney. I, I did review as best I could being new to the commission. Um, I was interested in, in knowing again, uh, some of the rationales behind some of the revisions. And I, so uh, when we do have a study session, I, I mean, we don't, won't get into the meat now, of course, but I would like to have a better understanding of um, some of the previous examples of um, what has occurred, particularly with um, 
particularly with uh, the minimum maintenance standards, um, so we could have a better idea of why the revisions have been made as they have been made. Now, this is Commissioner Zell. I wondered if we couldn't get a an annotated copy of this where we can see the new and the old and to where we can look at these. Otherwise, you have to print the whole thing out and, and look for the differences. It's nice to have the summary, but uh, it would be better if we could have an annotated version. This is this is Chair Meyer. I actually agree with that, Commissioner Zell, that it <clears throat> somehow a, a side by side or redlined or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's possible either, but that would be helpful. I don't want to. I also don't want to create busy, super busy work for people who are already busy. So, so Commissioner Meyer, this is Lynn Braddock Zollner. We tried to start doing that with this chapter. There were so many revisions that it became impossible to keep track. Um, doing an annotated version of that, and because of the formatting, it became a nightmare for staff to try to do that. Um, I'm happy to go back and do like what um, Mr. Delaney suggested, looking at the shortcomings of the old code and where the new code would address those. And then in the study session, we can go through and look at what those changes were, but it it became very problematic to try to do an annotated um, version of the code. Mr. Meyer, I appreciate that. I would, I mean, that would probably be helpful if that's not overly burdensome on you, Lynn. Any other comments this evening? Um, this is Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Meyer, the comment you just made about that would be helpful what what was that just um, the studies there no i meant lynn's lynn's uh offer to kind of i don't know if you meant formally prepare that land or just offer it verbally i mean put together the what you had just described i think we can put a document together since it's something that lawrence preservation alliance would like to look at as well so staff can put together something like that for your study session. That would be great. Well, I don't see any other comments from us this evening about that. I'm sure we'll have lots of comments in the weeks to come. So Commissioner Myers, staff would appreciate if you would kind of direct us, um, are we going down the right path for public engagement? Are there opportunities that staff um, does not have identified in that list um, in your packet? Are there people that we need to make sure we reach out to? Um, just looking for a little guidance on if you think we've covered the bases or anything we need to add. Sorry, I'm pulling things up here. Um, well, uh, my, I guess my question about like, for example, the first study session, how do you envision that, I guess, being publicized or how, how are we going to get the word out that we're doing that? That would be public published notice in the newspaper. And then also we would do um, similar to how we get the commission packet out every month. We would do a listserv, email blast, letting people know about that study session. Okay. Would we would we direct uh, some of that to, for example, neighborhood groups who would be interested in that? Yes, I, I think that we would make sure that the neighborhood um, organizations, particularly the ones that we deal with, like Oriad, Pinckney, Old West Lawrence, and East Lawrence, Brook Creek, I know I'm forgetting someone, um, make sure that those neighborhood associations, as well as the Lawrence area neighborhood associations, all know that this is under discussion. Mrs. Chair Meyer. Uh, Commissioner Klein, I'm not sure. Was that just a thumbs up or did you have a comment? 
was my comment that I thought it would be just exactly what um, Administrator um, Zollner just said, that I think the individual neighborhoods, um, Oread, Brook Creek, uh, uh, Old West Lawrence, et cetera, um, need to be contacted in particular and not just the whole Lawrence Association of Neighborhoods. So I think that's a really wise idea. Mr. Chairmeyer again, um, also, and I guess I wanna <clears throat> make sure that we're kind of getting all points of view. Would this also be sent out to, uh, you know, landlord type groups or development groups, other groups in the city besides just, you know, the historic preservation category of, of, of people? Um, a couple of the focus groups would be with architects, um, particularly those who have come through the historic resources review in the past. Um, one of the focus groups would include someone from the Lawrence Board of Realtors to get some information from them about the impact of Chapter 22 and, and how that relates to real estate development in the city. And then there will also be some internal meetings with um, Parks and Recreation and our Municipal Services and Operations Department, both which deal with historic um, structures and properties within the city. Is there a, that, I mean, that meeting that we'll hold, is there a way to, to stream that live while we're doing it? If people wanted to, I guess, observe it that way? If you would like to hold that study session with your Historic Resources Commission meeting in November, then that could be start at six and then have your regular meeting after the study session, or you could have the study mm -hmm. session and then, or the meeting and then the study session. And that way you could also, it would also be streamed live on the city's website, just like your meetings are. Well, I don't know that, Mrs. Chairmeyer, I don't know that I was trying to make it a long evening like that necessarily. I was just thinking about drawing people in. I don't I don't know when you're planning on having like, for example, a study session, like is that is that a, a daytime thing, an evening thing, a weekend thing? What, I guess, what, are, what did you have in mind? We were actually looking for feedback from the Historic Resources Commission to see what would be your preference. Um, probably the easiest would be to add it to the November agenda. That way everyone is um, here already for the meeting. I don't anticipate that the study session will be terribly long unless there are a lot of questions, um, but it will, it will take probably about an hour and a half. Commissioner Klein, go ahead. Commissioner Klein, I was just thinking that it's, I, I, I personally, I would prefer a separate study session. Um, I guess I'm, maybe it's because I'm still newish that um, I just feel like it could last longer than an hour and a half. And I agree with um, Chair Meyer that it would be nice to have um, the public or have some of these focus groups be able to watch uh, what's, you know, um, what's going on uh, during the meeting um, and to have, have uh, separate time allotted for a meeting. I don't know if most of our commissioners can meet in a late afternoon or if it would need to be um, in an evening, but um, I know I don't work as well with a three or four hour evening meeting personally, but it's up to other people as well. Commissioner Coleman, um, is it possible to do it during the ARC meeting time in November? We, we could see if that time would be available. We'd have to make sure we could get this room and also be able, or we could do it in the planning office conference room. We would just need to make sure that we could stream it live. So we can work with our magicians and see if we can make that happen. And that would be, um, that's usually the first Thursday of the month is when ARC typically meets. So I don't know if that's too early to have a study session. If you want to wait and do it the first Thursday in December instead of a November meeting. And that meeting usually starts at 5 or 530. 
and we can check on uh, good meeting times and send that out email and get your responses that way, if that would be easier than putting you on the spot right now. Commissioner Irby, yeah, I think that would be helpful. Mr. Chairman, I would as well. Does anybody else have any suggestions for when? All right, I don't, I don't see any right now. So with that, then we will move on to our miscellaneous items, which is, uh, we only have one of those items, which is regarding initiating a landmark nomination for the old Kansas River Bridgestone Pier. So this is an item that Carrie Altenbrand brought forward. Um, we'd like to see the Old Stone Pier. Most of you are probably familiar with it if you look out in City Hall or drive across the river. Um, it's part of the historic old bridge that crossed the river. It has some unique history associated with it. A little bit of it is in the research that Carrie's done that's um, included in your packet. There's a little bit more research that needs to be done before it can be um, considered a complete nomination for a landmark. Chapter 22 allows the Historic Resources Commission to initiate landmark proceedings. Since this is a city-owned property, um, staff thought it was appropriate for the Historic Resources Commission to initiate um, the landmark proceedings if appropriate. This is not approving the landmark. This is just starting the process for the application to be reviewed and brought back to you at a future date when all the information has been gathered and staff can make a recommendation. And I'd be happy to stand for any questions you might have. Mr. Chairmeyer, uh, Commissioner Klein, go ahead. Um, Commissioner Klein, I just had a question. In terms of the missing information, is that something that you're going to be working on, Lynn? Or is that something that Carrie needs to fill in? I was just curious, like what information is missing currently? Carrie is working on some additional information. One of the um, items that you probably noticed in the information that was submitted was um, the events of the lynching that took place from the bridge that this stone pier used to support. That was not really um, thoroughly explained in the information that was submitted. So Carrie's doing some more research and gonna add that to the nomination material and a little bit more about transportation and how the river bridge affected transportation in Lawrence historically. So there are a few things that just need to be flushed out and I believe Carrie's gonna do that research and writing. Um, sorry, it's Chair Meyer again. Is there any public comment on this item? This is Avery Kerner, planning staff. I don't see any public comment on this item. Mr. Chair Meyer again. Uh, Carrie, I see you. Um, is there anything that you wanted to add in there? No obligation? No, I, I was just here to, in, in case anybody had any questions about what's already been done. Um, I am working on the filling it out as Lynn, Lynn uh, said I was going to be doing. So uh, when I get that done, I'll, I'll I'll submit it to her and then. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I was I'm here for questions if there are any. Jeremiah, thank you. We will uh, bring it back to the commission for discussion then. <clears throat> Senator Irby, I'm supportive of Carrie continuing to work on this. As am I. And Mr. Meyer, Lynn, I had a question, which is what, what, what all, I guess, needs to be done in order to initiate that exactly? 
you would just need to take a vote of the Historic Resources Commission to initiate the landmark nomination process for the property. So we move that what? We initiate the process? That's just the motion? Correct. Okay. Well, that seems easy enough. Commissioner Klein? Um, I'm in support as well. I just had a thought um, of thinking about deterioration. Do we have any ideas or concepts about how sustainable the pier is over the next, oh, 100 years? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of its sustainability in its state right now? I think part of the reason that Carrie brought this forward was concern about the pier and what would happen to it in the future. I think the first step is to go through this process and then perhaps we can find funding for stabilization. It's in pretty good shape right now, but we'd probably want to in the future have someone look at it and tell us things. I know it's got some pollutant and biological growth on it now it would be good to get some of that off of there but all of that can take place after if you list or if the city commission lists um, the property then we can look at grant funding to do those things uh sorry this is chairmeyer again commissioner klein did you have any i was uh I would uh, move that we um, approve the continuation of this process for the stone pier, bridge pier. Okay, there's been a motion by Commissioner Klein that we initiate the landmark nomination for the old Kansas River Bridgestone Pier. Is there a second? Commissioner Irby, second. All right, there's been a motion and a second. We'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Irby? Commissioner Irby, aye. Commissioner Ezell. Commissioner Ezell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Coleman. Commissioner Coleman, aye. Commissioner Hawley. Commissioner Hawley. He's a little frozen. Commissioner Hawley. Commissioner Hawley, aye. Okay. Commissioner Meyer is an aye, so that motion carries six to zero. So it appears we are at the end of the agenda, run out of agenda items, unless there's anything else by anyone else this evening. Anyone? Going once. All right, uh, since we are completely run out of topics, then I will move that we adjourn for the evening. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.